There's no doubt that small businesses are the foundation of our communities. That's why MasterCard has invested in tools to support small business owners as they grow their business. With MasterCard tools and resources, you can increase sales by shortening checkout time, broadening your customer base, and tapping into new opportunities to increase customer loyalty. So get started. Discover all the ways MasterCard can help guide, grow, and protect your business at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rick Spence, business journalist, editor, public speaker, and entrepreneur. After 15 years as the national entrepreneurship columnist at the National Post, and as the former editor and publisher of Profit, the magazine for Canadian entrepreneurs, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, scalable, and successful. On this show, we connect you with Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. You'll meet the people driving the entrepreneurial movement and we'll share their first-person adventures and their tips, hacks, and best advice for running startup and growth companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. To entrepreneurs everywhere, this is your show. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Adrian Bake. Smart Apparel is the future and Quantavici is the bridge. Adrian Bake is founder and CEO of Quantavici, a Toronto-based smart wearable startup that recently launched the world's first smart heated gloves and socks. Adrian launched his very first product at age 15, image editing software Pixel Degrees, which earned a few million downloads back in the day. Adrian went on to study engineering at Ryerson University. After graduation, he worked with various tech startups as a lead engineer, handling the full cycle of products. Today, Quantavici is conquering the smart apparel industry through a never-seen smart wearable technology that senses and maintains the temperature of your clothing according to your personal preference. And the coolest thing is that it, they're hooked up to your watch. Your gloves are hooked up to your watch. So if you, lo if you lose them, if you walk away from them, the watch lets you know. How many pairs of gloves have you lost? He's also a strong believer in open source venture creation. Adrian actively produces content on YouTube and Instagram to share his journey and his learnings as an entrepreneur. Adrian Bake, welcome to the show. Hi, Rick. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk about my journey, my methods, and hopefully I can create some value for the lovely listeners today. Ah, fantastic. Okay. As you know, entrepreneurs uh, guard their time jealously and they want to know that if they're going to listen to a podcast, they're going to get their money's worth. So can you share what sort of the top pieces of advice that you hope entrepreneurs will take away from our conversation today? Absolutely. I, I really thought about this and these are advices that I keep reminding myself. You know, um, you, earlier you mentioned I create content, especially like on YouTube and Instagram. The content I produce, I I'm so filterless when it comes to those things. I make sure that I'm genuine, honest, and if I was watching those um, contents from like five, 10 years ago, that would help me. So I would go with five pieces of advice that I keep reminding myself. Number one, cut the fat. You know, 
anything that comes in the way of your success or well-being, it needs to go. Whether it's a job, whether it's a toxic relationship, it's a bad habit, anything. I kind of like to um, think that I'm like in army boot camp and, you know, no exception. And number two, network, network, network. You really got to put yourself out there as an entrepreneur. You know, you got to sell your company to your partners, to your um, investors, to your employees, to the buyers, to everyone. You got to be networking. You got to be out there. You got to be connecting. There's so many like-minded, amazing people, just like the people we have listening today, just like yourself, Rick. And it's just amazing what these small networkings can lead to. And honestly, I wouldn't have had the success I had with Quantavici's launch without networking. You know, the engineer that I ended up working for our embedded engineering, embedded um, design, the um, marketing agency that worked with me. These are all people that were someone that the people I was networking with knew. So it it wasn't even like a first um, hop connection and number three I would say you know everything you need to learn is already out there just just google it um, we were like um, planning for our influencer influencer marketing a few days ago and uh, my team was just like stuck we were like Instagram doesn't allow us to search like two hashtags at the same time. We wanna, uh, we're launching in Australia in a little bit. So we were kind of trying to find people who are um, into fashion and as well as technology. And it's like two different hashtags and it doesn't let you do that. And I was like, wow. guys, have you Googled it? And we were just like looking at each other. And I just Googled, it was like influencers in Australia who are in fashion and tech. And boom, there was a list of a thousand of them <laughs> and it's just as easy as that you know all you need is google and youtube to become a successful entrepreneur and number that's four very cool. five, i like that. yeah that's very cool yeah yeah so i'm going to quickly run through number four and five you know for four as an entrepreneur mindset and confidence are essential you know just believing in what you're working on um being in the right mindset not going after money instead going after something you're passionate about going after something that helps people that brings value speaking of building confidence in your business and yourself and being in the right mindset number five you need to do market validation as an entrepreneur you gotta rely on the data do not go with your feelings you know your design might be initiated by some gut feeling but at the end of the day you got to rely on the data. You got to do market validation. I've actually got a. I'm like self-promoting the crap out of this intro, but I have a video coming up um, uh, focused on just market validation. And you know, the beautiful thing about market validation is that not only you're building an initial crowd which could turn into buyers for your product, you're gonna get feedback. You're gonna know how to better optimize your messaging, your content, maybe the features you're offering. So it's um, it plays a huge role. And honestly, um, we launched in October 2020. Our market validation was done in March 2020. And if it wasn't for the leads we generated during the market validation, during the soft launch, where we were just um, generating leads, 
um, I would not have had the confidence to invest around like something around like fifty thousand dollars of my life savings that I had saved over the years. So confidence comes from data and market validation. Confidence comes from data. I love it. Um, I want to get into your story, but let's just chase after market validation for a sec because uh, um, it's, it's interesting. Now, today we have these platforms like Kickstarter, which, which, which you've used for, for, for your products. Um, but if I'm opening up a consulting business, a restaurant, I'm investing a lot of money um, and I don't have a way to to test it on kick I, that's not something i can test on kickstarter so do you have any thoughts on how people without you know those sort of products that that kickstarter specializes in how can other entrepreneurs try and practice good market validation techniques that's a very good question on um i i wasn't even referring to kickstarter kickstarter honestly is like a um, it's just a e-commerce platform. It doesn't really, it's not a place where you want to go when you're not fully ready. You know, there is this um, idea that you go to crowdfunding to test an idea for sure, you know, like um, to figure out a lot of things you do go to Kickstarter, especially if you want to have some money to kick things off. But the actual market validation can be done as easily as just um, identifying who your target audience, who your target market is, and utilizing the right way of reaching out to them, whether it's Facebook ads, whether it's through influencer marketing, just finding a way to reach out to them. For example, as you said, you know, if you're um, starting up your own restaurant, restaurant or cafe, you wanna, it's it's gonna be a local business. So, you know, maybe you go to some local event, you hand out flyers with a link to your website. You know, lead generation is really important, collecting emails, um, looking at how much it's costing you to collect a lead. Usually we have this rule of thumb. I don't know how that would translate into a local business. Obviously a local business has a much tighter um, uh, audience size. But the rule of thumb we have for lead generation is that if it's costing you $1 to generate um, one lead, so you've spent $100 for 100 leads. But after you launch, you cannot expect to spend $100 for 100 sales. Usually, it's going to be 1% conversion. So basically, you're going to have to spend $100 for 100 leads, but only one of them is going to convert into a buyer. So that's going to be one sale. And you know, it varies across the board for different products, different um, regions, but that's kind of the conversion rate, the cost per acquisition that you have to prepare yourself for. So how do we do that? How do we, I mean, you, you, you've really sketched out the problem. I have a restaurant, it's expensive to try and 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 develop leads and yet i'm a, a, a net net a new customer who comes only once to my restaurant is only worth 50 bucks so how how how, how can i validate my market 
with the economics against me, the odds against me, and hey, I'm busy every day trying to cook and serve. You know what? This is one of the biggest problems with local businesses. Um, I would I would personally never launch a local business unless <laughs> it was just for fun, <laughs> because you know you're so limited. You know you've got your um, the people that have to work there um, as opposed to like a software company. You, um, scalability is an issue, and uh, the, the size of the market is an issue. The best you can do in that situation, based on uh, what I know is that you look at some of the similar businesses in the same neighborhood and kind of try to maybe talk to some people who work there, be like, hey, how many people do you see on average? I actually kind of did this. I, um, I came across a heated sock um, uh, in a store and uh, when I was <laughs> checking out to buy it, um, I wanted to kind of buy it and test it. That's what we did. We tested so many different products. And I asked the cashier, I was like, this stock, it's like, it's $600 after tax. Like, are people even buying this? And she was like, yeah, yeah, they are. And without even asking, she told me like the, the type of people who are buying it. You know, there was a, a a police officer there was a person who liked to go hunting who was a regular customer so again it goes down to networking talking to the people who are there and um i i do have some friends who own local businesses they they i was surprised to learn that they also utilize instagram for um finding customers and, you know, if you're producing interesting content, if you are reaching out to influencers, it works. But here's the thing. If you have a really unique business idea, then you're not even going to be limited to that neighborhood. People from, I don't know, like 10, 20 kilometers away would drive to your store. So that's kind of the reach of your, your um, online ads that could go. Okay, I want to get talking about your journey, but I think first, since you brought it up, I think we better deal with the product first. So why does the world need heated gloves and heated socks? And I, I should mention the price point. You're a, a lot cheaper than that other product you were mentioned, which was a $600 sock. You're sort of in the 200, the area between 200 and $300. Um, still a lot of money for a pair of socks or gloves. So 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 who who's the target market and what's the benefits of these products? So our gloves and socks would be best for people who want to stay stylish and also warm in their day-to-day -day life. The level of need for our products varies from critical to just daily life. And people who need our products critically are people who suffer from medical conditions that are negatively affected by the cold weather. For example, arthritis, Raynaud's, poor blood circulation due to diabetes, which is actually the case in my dad, and um, general joint pain, muscle pain. We have so many people who suffer from nerve damage and they cannot sense uh, the temperature in their hands or feet, which has the most um, uh, sensitive nerve endings 
And our products being able to sense the temperature and also heat up to maintain a temperature that you personally choose, they are a life changer. Um, specifically for our stocks, we offer mesh for ventilation, we offer uh, shock absorption cushion, we have um, compression ribbing, all of these features that little by little we put together make for a perfect user experience. So if you're just going out to run, if you're hiking, if you're, if you're going to work and you have to ride the subway, you have to wait for the bus, your toes would no longer have to be uh, suffering with that stabbing cold feeling because now you can wear our socks, set the exact temperature you like, there is no sweating, there is no um, turning it on and off. It just does it for you. So do you see these mainly as medical devices as opposed to apparel? That's how it started. Um, when we started, we were targeting people who specifically suffer from these medical conditions. But as we went forward, we learned that um, every heated wearable that has ever been launched has been targeting people who are interested in sports. And that was a huge finding in our market research. After analyzing the product ratings and reviews, we learned that over 90% of people are buying these heated variables for reasons other than sports. People need heated variables to stay warm in their day-to-day -day life. And, you know, these bulky gloves and mittens are not really cutting yet. So, you know, that was one of the cases that we had to listen to the data and make this uh, daily life product. And another thing to add, um, people who are using these products for their um, uh, medical conditions, they don't want it to look like a medical device. They want it to look stylish. They want it to be something that is seamlessly integrated into their day-to-day -day life. And that's another beautiful advantage. Um, even though we have these medical level of standards in our products, such as the electronics we have used, they, they don't look like a medical device at all. Right, right. No, they, they, they look very stylish. Uh... What's the website where people can go just to look at the product if they're if they're if they're sitting at their desk or got their phone with them? Yes, quantavici.com. Uh, we are currently live on uh, the um, internet, and to write that you just go on q u a n t a v i c i dot com. Beautiful. Okay, so let's get back to that so you so you were, you were telling the story and i do want to hear it about you you were a, a bit of a prodigy you created uh image ed, image editing software and did you actually start a business or did you just create the product and then just sort of give it away yeah that's kind of uh, pretty much what happened i was just a kid who was passionate about making things uh, I started learning how to develop software. I kept adding these cool little features to my program. It ended up becoming this huge thing that I was working for my own image editing work. And I was like, you know what? I want to release this. I want other people to be able to use it too. And then I did. And next thing I knew, uh, over a million people had downloaded it. And that was an amazing experience. So, you know, 
I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was always on the hunt for a good idea. But I also knew that idea is like three to seven percent of a product or a business launch. Um, I ha- I'm actually working on this other YouTube video where I'm talking about how you can write a business plan that is practical, that can actually help you. So it's not like something that your teacher <laughs> told you to, to write for you to just get marks and get away with it. Um, and I talk about how the idea big starts. You know, you can have an idea that is kind of like how Lyft came after Uber. You know, it's just the same thing, but your marketing approach is different. And um, that's kind of why idea is such a small part. Execution, dedication to your to the problem you're solving is really key. And you know, for Quanta Vici. I knew that whatever idea I choose, I'm going to be in it for four to ten years minimum. So I, that was what I was careful about, picking something that I was passionate about, that had a uh, um, good potential, that had a large um, market potential. So you, so you knew you wanted to get into a product? Is, is, is that it? I mean... You- you worked in software companies, you, 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 in, in tech startups. Uh, you've done the whole engineering thing, but this time you decided you really wanted to sell a product. Um, yeah, I, you know, I was so naive. I had no idea what I was walking into. Um, you know, I. This is this is why you do the YouTube videos for other people. Exactly, <laughs> honestly, to, to I, help them do it a little bit better. Yes, I want to save them. You know, I, I literally, I literally had advisors who quit on me. They were like, "Okay, so you want to launch a smart heated glove and sock?" That you know, back then we were looking at hats and scarves too. That's actually something that we might do later on. But I had my advisors uh, same say something like this. They were like, "So." This product you're talking about, it has fashion design, right? I'm like, yes. Um, it has a hardware. I'm like, yes. And your hardware has algorithms, so you have like some firmware running on it. I'm like, yeah. And you're going to launch apps on iOS and Android for it too. I'm like, yeah. And so you're going to launch a business that has fashion, hardware, software, and everything has to be designed nicely because people are wearing it. And on top of all of that, it's a seasonal product. They, they look at me like I'm out of my mind, just like completely lost it. And that's kind of why it's kind of been hard to find advisors who would work with me there. Like, this is crazy. But now that it's worked out, now that the um, uh, traction, proof of traction is all out there, um, it's not the case anymore. Wow. Um, I, I will ask you about the traction in a bit, but let's just get to So how did you... Fu- decide that this was the niche you wanted to go with uh, there were products out there but expensive and marketed all wrong did you see an opportunity yeah yeah qu- quite a bit so um my friend back in 2017 she had been suffering from migraine attacks that were triggered by the cold weather initially we didn't know that it's uh, because of the cold weather um, she was prescribed different medicine, different therapeutic um, solutions. But the one thing that she herself found worked best was heat. So she would put on um, heating pads on her head and that would help 
ease the pain to a point that she was able to get back to school and start working again. That's how bad it was. And seeing this case study, to me, it was shocking how effective heat can be. And then again, my father, um, he suffers from diabetes. And, um, you know, if you have, a, if you're at a certain stage of diabetes, the blood circulation in your feet uh, get really low and you start to have cold or numb toes. And again, even in his case, heat was the best solution. So this really got me interested in the heated wearable industry. I started researching the medical conditions that are affected by the cold weather. I started um, looking at the products. And what I found was that for the past over 20 years or so, every heated wearable launch has been the white label of the same crappy technology, the same impractical technology that has a battery life of less than two hours. That is not easy to, to charge. You have to take out the battery. They're, they're bulky. Um, the, the designs are not suitable for your everyday life. They just look sports or just too bulky again. And I was like, this is such an amazing product, but no one is launching it the right way. And that was when I decided to give my heart and soul to Quanta Vici and really make this a very well executed product company with the right model. And, you know, I can uh, expand more on the business model we have uh, developed that is going to be executed in the future, um, the, the potential it has. But that's kind of how it all got started. Right. So tell me a little bit about the company today. Are Do, do you have employees? Is, is there a whole design team and fulfillment team and sales team? What, what does the company itself look like? Yeah, yeah. So we are very um, skill-driven. At any given time, I'm usually working with around 20 different people. The only person on board who is full-time is myself. Um, everyone else is on project basis. And that actually has worked really well. People on my team, they have brought their experience from big companies like Ecobee, Adidas, Ralph Lauren. Um, what else do we have? BMW. So just, again, networking, going to people who see eye to eye when it comes to your vision and they want to work with you. It's amazing the amount of experience you can um, bring to the table. That sounds expensive, though. That 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 kind of help must be uh, must cost a pretty penny. So, so that's kind of why I made my first YouTube video. <laughs> the first YouTube video I made was about how to work with others, and that was to me that seemed like such an important topic to discuss because um, not only new entrepreneurs, but I I see this in um, people who are seasoned entrepreneurs who been down this road many times, they make this mistake of outsourcing a portion of their project that they don't perfectly understand. And I have this personal business rule where I would never, never outsource a large portion of my project without having a, having such a clear grip on the concept of executing that project by myself. Of course, it wouldn't be at the same quality, speed, and cost, but having that level of in-depth understanding about the project I'm outsourcing really helps me not spend a million dollars. I was watching Dragons then, and 
this kid, she had spent a million dollars on an app development without even doing the market validation and making sure there are customers for it. And I could have made her app with $5,000 and I wouldn't even invest $5,000 without doing the market validation for it. So <laughs> that's kind of the mentality that I kept applying to everything. For our video production, I um, wrote this script myself. I didn't just outsource it to one agency. I figured out how YouTubers make their videos go viral, how the um, thumbnail is interesting to grab attention. As an example, uh, um, the conversion rate on our Kickstarter video was over 30%. That is 10 times the average. And I promise you, if I had outsourced the project to some expensive agency, I would not have gotten the same result. I got that result because I really worked to understand my audience, their pain point, and wrote down this script, understanding how I can make it engaging. I mean, what what you're saying is sort of counter to a lot of, a lot of other people will say to entrepreneurs, which is that you have to outsource everything you're not good at because the most valuable thing is your time. But of course, in early days, um, your time might not be as as scarce as, as as your cash. So do you think there's a point where you're looking forward to outsourcing some of this stuff so you can focus on the stuff where you can add the most value? Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I'll be honest, I have, in fact, taken some unconventional approaches in different uh, sides of my business. Um, here, nowadays, we hear a lot about lean startup, um, MVP. That's, I do talk about market validation, but that's not exactly how I went about this whole thing myself. I... You know, looking at our first product, it's an overkill with features. And yeah, you know, in the early days, you have more time on your hands and there's a lot for you to learn. So it is a very good practice for an entrepreneur to be learning all of these methods by themselves. But then there are some stories of, for example, even Steve Jobs doing their own packages. I don't know how true that story is, but um, my advisor was telling me that um, to make me feel better about spending too much time on our <laughs> package design, he said that it's okay. Steve Jobs was like designed their own packaging too, and I was like, okay, that makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah, he designed the logo, the first logo, I think. Yeah, he. It, but that was his sweet spot. He loved design above just about everything else. So. I, I, I'm sure there were a lot of areas where he wasn't delving so deep. But let's jump to the, the, the good part. Um, tell us about the market validation process and what has told you that the, your products are a hit. Well, we had sure things. So we had multiple stages of this. You know, the first stage was just looking at what already exists out there. Um, how many pe people would need our product as something that's a lifesaver, a solution for hair on fire. And after looking at the data and making sure things are aligned with our vision, it came down to designing the product, making sure that the promise we are announcing is something that we could realistically deliver. And that's referring to the soft launch we had. For the soft launch, you know, 
I would never launch a product without having a soft launch for it now that I've done it. Explain to me what a soft launch is. It can be as simple as just setting up a landing page, running some ads, um, trying different messaging. Um, if you have a app that you want to do marketing validation for, you could be putting some uh, mock-ups of the app, some animations. You could use Figma or Adobe XD to put together something. And if it's a pro actual product, what we did was that we we had finalized our fashion design, but we had not, we didn't have enough time to basically make the final sample that would be worthy of photography for the landing page. And I had this huge dilemma. I was like, how do I do market validation of something that's a product prototype that is not my final product? So what we ended up doing, which was actually in my looking back really smart is CGI. We partnered with this um, very talented guy in Germany who had actually worked with Versace before. And I just had an honest conversation with him. I was like, listen, I love your portfolio. And this level of detail, it's so realistic. Um, we want to work with you. I know you worked with Versace and big brands, but we are a startup. Give us a good deal. If you're passionate about this, it's going to be worth your while. And he, it worked out. He, he gave us a mind-bending um, discount and he helped um, generate renderings of our product that were accurate based on the final fashion design. We didn't have to pay for photography. We didn't have to pay for um, uh, making too many samples and um, that, use that as content for a soft lunch. Okay, let, 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 let's... I, I love it. Anytime someone says mind-bending discounts, I think, yeah, you're on the right track. Yeah. Um, getting getting to the good part, you have sold how many units now already? So as of today, we have sold 1,828 units. Um, 1,500 of those units were sold within the first 30 days of our Kickstarter. And we raised $330,000 in those first 30 days. After that, what's really impressive is that we stopped running ads. So after December 1st that our Kickstarter um, campaign finished, we just quit on all marketing because we want to fully focus on production. Again, I'm, <laughs> I am short staffed at the moment, so that focus had to be shifted to production. And we went on Indiegogo. On Indiegogo and Shopify, we sold around $100,000 worth of products organically and that was just you know a cpa a cost per acquisition of zero dollars is every business owner's dream so there was no promotion at all and you sold 100k yeah yeah that was crazy and um now we are planning to go live in australia and new zealand well it's cold down down there summer here winter there yes exactly um, and, and do you have any idea who's buying? Is it indeed the, the, the people with the conditions the, 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 that, that, are, that are buying these or are there any new markets? And I'm, I'm thinking every Navy in the world must be dying to get their hands on these things. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really hard not being able to share some of the um, B2B Mm -hmm. um, partnerships that we are working on, but uh, you you were on the right track there for sure. We have um, 
people who ask us about um, skiing. We have people who have who are buying this for their kids because they have, for example, arthritis. And um, we have people emailing us, thanking us. They're like, this is exactly what we needed. Products that are thick cannot help people with arthritis. And being able to wear something that doesn't take away your dexterity is a big deal for the um, arthritis community. And, uh, you know, so basically it comes down to um, uh, medical, um, sports, um, early adopters, and just people who uh, appreciate looking slick and warm at the same time living in the city. I've got a friend who runs cruises to the Antarctic. Uh, we should probably put you in touch. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I bet these um, gloves and socks could really help. Adrian, you've started this very ambitious tech company with a, a, a very capital-intensive product, money for design, money for production, and you've done it without having outside investors. So can you tell me how you've done that? Yeah, um, it, it's such an important topic. I, Looking back now, not only I didn't want to give out equity, for something that had so much potential in my heart. I also didn't want to have investors risk something that is so so much in its infancy, you know? And I realized that I really have to be hands-on and learn things by myself. It goes back to that video, that first video I posted on YouTube, how to work with others. It ended up being 56 minutes over time. And um, as you can tell from this podcast, I love talking. (laughs) I don't shut up. So, um, you know, for every aspect of the product, for the app, I designed and developed it myself. For the MVP, I researched. I'm not a fashion designer, but I... I kept wanting to work with fashion designers, but I realized that as the founder, it all comes down to my vision. So I had to really study what people enjoy, what people do not enjoy about heated wearables, about gloves and socks in general, and work on that. And then again, it all comes down to confidence. I, to this day, I've invested something around $65,000 of my personal life savings into the project. We did receive um, a few grant fundings for innovation from Ryerson, from other institutes. And you know, these are all ways that you can fund your own, fund your own project, spending your own time on it, um, doing tests, you know, the market validation methods we've been talking over and over. It's all because you wanna have data that gives you confidence in investing that money. Again, I did not invest the majority of my money until after the soft launch. And that was really when the most costly projects were coming up, producing professional marketing videos, um, starting off production, the injection mold, finalizing the app into something that we could publish. So, you know, to sum it all up, Test, 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 have confidence based on the test you do, um, pivot as much as you need, and uh, apply for grants. There's a lot of help out there, and don't be scared to take on tasks yourself. It may take longer, but at, at the end of the day, you have learned something, 
and you've saved money. Absolutely. I, I love it. What do you see for the company going forward? Um, do you see it getting into other products, other designs, um, additional markets? Do you see you, you yourself needing any capital at any time to go after bigger markets? Yes, yes. We actually recently announced that we are doing a seed round. And our business is uh, not heated wearables uh, exclusively. We, we are a smart wearable company. And for the smart heated wear aspect of our business, we have both a B2C and a B2B side. As far as for direct consumers, we are launching in Australia, New Zealand, now that it's summer here and it's cold there. Um, we've had resellers from Japan, Korea reaching out to us. So that's also a market that we are launching in um, with respect to cold areas of North America and Europe. We're also going to be scaling up this winter. And specifically for B2B, uh, B2B actually played a huge role in the design of our product. Uh, the, the device that we have developed is very easy to integrate, not just in gloves and socks that are very delicate um, wearables, but also in jackets, in belts, in hats, in scarves, or uh, any other product that you can think of. So when it comes to fashion companies, therapeutics, sports, these are all businesses that cannot easily pivot into the hardware technology world. So Quantavici is the bridge for them. And we do have some other exciting products that we want to test. I cannot share anything about that, but it's really exciting. I, I'm just going to um, give a teaser, smart jewelry. It's going to be very exciting. Later this year, we are going to make an announcement for it. But um, I hope that uh, that teaser is not disappointing. <laughs> you you had me at smart jewelry. Yeah, no, that sounds very exciting. We're going to have to keep an, an eye on this. So the future of smart wearables, I mean... I guess it's a lot bigger and broader than I would have thought. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I have this vision of when I go to the gas station and uh, the guy or girl that pulls up next to me, I want them to be wearing Quantavici or something that is powered by Quantavici to keep their hands warm because I my hands freeze every time I want to put gas in my car. And um, it's just one of those things, you know, I... A lot of the times I'm just walking down the street and I find myself coming back very disappointed. I look at the roads, I look at the street lights, I look at the cars, the dress people are wearing. And I get disappointed because there's so much potential for technology that is not just a gimmick, that is something that could really change our everyday life. And heated wearables, smart apparel, these are things that could basically give us superhuman power you know the mission statement of Quantavici is expanding the spectrum of human senses and abilities through everyday wearable technologies and that's where we want to go we want to uh, make this something that people love and can naturally adapt to their day-to-day -day life to make uh, to make a significant change beyond just a gimmick right 
Can you say the mission statement one more time? Because I think it was a thing. Thank you. Um, it's expanding the spectrum of human senses and abilities through everyday wearable technologies. And and I, I, I like it even better the second time because to me, it it has a bold vision, it, but it communicates it well. It, it incorporates sort of the underlying industry uh, that, that, that you're in. So it, it, it really clarifies everything. I love it. Um, one last question before we get to the last question. Um, you're quite active on TikTok, uh, where you're raising brand awareness and giving business tips. I'm wondering how that's, uh, that, that platform has helped you and whether you think, uh, other entrepreneurs should be looking at TikTok as a marketing platform. You know, it really comes down to um, two things. I really believe that as a founder, you self-promotion is uh, very important. You need to share your story. You need to um, put yourself out there. It's part of networking. It's part of uh, raising awareness for your brand and what you're doing. Uh, it's amazing. You're launching a venture. I want you to be sharing about it. And the second thing is utilizing all channels. I have an overkill approach for any goal that I'm after. For example, now that we're launching in Australia, um, next week we have a press release going out. Um, we have PR coverages that are lined up. We have influencers lined up. We have ads from not just Pinterest, on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok videos that we're going to launch. So TikTok is just um, one of the channels that um, not only I personally really enjoy um, uh, using, it, it's just one of the channels that you have to cover as an entrepreneur. But it's one of those things where you've got like, what, one minute or something to give your message. Have you been able to fit your style into in, into that into that i think that's even better because you know in reality um you know for example on this podcast i keep talking more than i should for each response but you know on, when your time is out on tiktok you have to keep practicing until you get your message short because in reality right. people right. stop listening but tiktok makes you stop so you have to fit in there I love it. You're right. I mean, we hear that constraints constraints breed creativity, um, and and yeah, that they, they teach us teach us for clarity. Sure. So beautiful thing. All right. Well, listen. Thank you for sharing your story with us about uh, about your entrepreneurial story, your journey, um, how to start up a, a product company with, with with no money but lots of ambition. Um, a lot of good things that you've done. Um, is there one more, I'm going to push this a little bit further, ask if there's one more actionable piece of advice that you'd like to offer our entrepreneurs that they could put into action at their business? <laughs> just do it. You know, we spend a lot of time just uh, wondering if we should do something. Um, I, starting now, you know, it's, they say it's never too late and it's never too early either. So just start working on whatever you want to work on. Um, uh, a low quality work is better than no work at all. So just don't let the fear uh, make you freeze. Don't let the fear make you freeze. Love it. I appreciate that. So we've been talking to Adrian Bake from Qu 
<laughs> I'm going to get this wrong again. Quantavici. And it sounds like you've got a huge career in front of you in terms of changing the way uh, we look at wearables and bringing intelligence and benefit and service to apparel and other things that we, we, we don't think of as having these dimensions. So um, a tremendous opportunity awaits you and we will watch your journey with great interest. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure being a guest on your podcast and I hope I have created value for the listeners today. I think you have and we're all going to go out and buy those gloves now. Thank you. Stock up because winter's always coming. Thanks, yes. Avery. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us this week in the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur. Stay tuned another minute to hear the latest startup community news and the upcoming events lineup, including our hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon Eastern time. I sometimes show up there too. Until next week, I'm your Startup Canada podcast host, Rick Spence.